Good morning and happy Tuesday. It is December 20th, the technically the last day of fall, even though it already feels like winter. And winter starts tomorrow in force. Let's begin today in prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Hail and blessed be the hour and moment in which the Son of God was born of the most pure Virgin Mary at midnight in Bethlehem in the piercing cold. In that hour vouchsafe, we beseech thee, O God, to hear our prayers and grant our desires through the merits of our Savior, Jesus Christ, and of his blessed Mother. Amen. We dedicate all of our thoughts, words, and actions to the greater glory of God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy to be with you on this Tuesday morning. We are uh, looking this week at some of the best segments, our favorite segments of the year. So we've got something old for you today and something new. Father Jeffrey Kirby is going to join us later this morning to talk about the 12 days of Christmas. And uh, we're going to go back in time and hear from Father Don Calloway, who we were able to speak with back in the month of April as we were getting ready for the Marian Conference in St. Louis. And He's always got good reflections for us on the Blessed Mother, plus some more in store today here on Roadmap to Heaven. Let's go now to Mike Roberts. Today is the feast day of St. Dominic of Silos. Born in Spain around the year 1000, Dominic came from a peasant family and as a boy spent a great deal of time working in the fields as a shepherd where he enjoyed the solitude. When he was old enough, Dominic became a Benedictine monk, was ordained a priest, and soon was named Master of Novices and then Prior. But at one point, he became involved in a dispute over property with the King of Navarre, which ended up with Dominic and two other monks being exiled. Under the protection of the King of Spain, Ferdinand, they found refuge in the town of Silos at the decaying Abbey of St. Sebastian, then occupied by only six other monks, Dominic was appointed abbot, and he proceeded to rebuild the monastery physically and spiritually. Under his leadership, it became one of the most famous in Spain. He built cloisters and established a scriptorium, which made the monastery a major center for book design and scholarship, raising significant proceeds through the workshop. Wealthy patrons endowed the monastery, and Dominic used those funds to ransom Christians captured by the Moors. Dominic was also known for works of healing. By the time of his death in 1073, the monastery had 40 monks, and it was later named after him. About a century after his death, a young woman experienced difficulty during her pregnancy and made a pilgrimage to his tomb. There, Dominic of Silos appeared to her and assured her that she would bear a son. That woman was blessed Joan Guzman, and her son grew up to be the other Dominic. St. Dominic Guzman, founder of the Dominicans. St. Dominic of Silos, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. Saint of the Day can arrive each morning by subscribing on your favorite podcast player. Search Covenant Network to see all our podcasts. Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam Wright for Covenant Network. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to hit like and subscribe. And while you're at it, share it with your friends. And now back to the Roadmap to Heaven podcast. 
All week long, we're going to be taking a look back at some of our favorite segments from calendar year 2022 as we wrap up our week. Or, you know, this is the final week of live broadcasts for Roadmap to Heaven this year. So we'd like to uh, look back to the segment we taped with Father Don Calloway as we were getting ready for the Marian Conference last spring, where he helps us reflect on the Blessed Mother. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven and one of our favorite priests, Father Don Calloway. Father, it's so good to have you with us on Roadmap to Heaven today. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, good to be with you. I think my question for you is, how do we level up in our Marian devotion? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's a good point, because, you know, like anything, you want to have the follow-through swing, right? You want to knock the ball out of the park, and you you want to keep that relationship going. You want to keep it animated and keep it alive and keep fueling the fire. So I would definitely say you don't want to jettison the things that got you there in the first place. So the rosary, reading good books about Our Lady, keep those practices up for sure. But I would definitely say the ultimate goal of having a devotion to Mary is wanting to imitate her. We want to be like her. We want to have virtue like her. And so that's where, you know, like now, at the beginning of your day, maybe pick a particular virtue. Mary, help me to be patient. You were so patient yourself. Or Mary, you were so humble. I've got a coworker I really struggle with. You know, he really rubs me the wrong way. Help me to be humble, Mary. Help me to imitate your virtues. That's going the next step. That's going the next level. And that's actually what heaven wants the most. That's what those devotions are supposed to lead to, is the imitation of, and we ourselves can become holy. We can become virtuous. I mean, that's great stuff right there. Father, I think back to a talk I once heard you give, and and I'll be honest, I watched it online. I was not graced to be there in person, but you were talking about using that great image of Padre Pio and of St. John Paul II of the rosary as a sword. And I love how you describe the, Mm -hmm. the mysteries of light as the lightsaber. You know, yeah. when, when John Paul, I, I grew up in the 80s, Father, and so you, yeah, yeah. all things Star Wars and Star Trek, you, you've got me. <laughs> but you made a comment that a lot of people would say, well, why bother with a sword when they don't believe that there are dragons to be slain? Mm. And mm-hmm. that's part of what we're talking about here, too, is not just, you mentioned the follow-through swing. You know, we're not mm. learning necessarily how to swing a golf club or a baseball bat here, but this is really a sword mm. for our spiritual protection in mm-hmm. very chaotic times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. you <laughs> That's an understatement. I mean, we are living in some really troubling times. I would almost say biblical times. I mean, we're, we're seeing some things unfold that, my, 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 I mean, we really need to be people of prayer. And yes, you're right. A lot of people don't even acknowledge that there is a dragon. But you know what's interesting, though? As a priest, I talk to people a lot of people are starting to come around to these things. If, maybe if they've rejected Christianity or they struggle with it. You know, even some of my friends who are complete pagans, they say to me, you know, something's not right in the world. Things are off, and maybe I do need to look into some of these things that I wrote off as some legend or some myth or whatever, because there's got to be something here at work that's deeper than what I'm seeing, because we're on the verge of a possible nuclear war. We've got all kind of lockdowns and this happening and that. And so people are, I think, they're starting to open up to these things. And so the dragon that many people have denied, I think they're starting to come around and say, you know what, this thing might actually exist. So so they're going to be looking for that weapon. And yeah. so we need, to, we need to tell them where to go, where to get that weapon. Well, that brings me to my last question for you here, Father. I, I was thinking of the other night, we're at Easter Vigil 
Holy Mass not too long ago, and there was a whole pew of religious sisters in full habit. And my 10-year-old daughter asked me, Dad, what's the difference between a nun and a sister? And I said, well, quite frankly, nuns stay in the cloister, and they don't have visitors very often, and they don't go out to the world unless absolutely necessary, whereas religious sisters, they go out to the world. And most of us here on the show today, whether it's you or I or our listeners, are not in the monastery. We're not in the cloister. We are called to go out to the world. And, you know, I love in your book, Champions of the Rosary, and another one of your books, The Ten Wonders of the Rosary, you share so many stories of great saints. And I'd like Mm. to be a great saint someday. And and one of the things I love is how they take the rosary out to the world. But I sometimes fear that I've become like Blessed Alan de la Roche, uh, you know, that that I'm the dog that forgot how to bark. <laughs> you know. So right. Father, how can we how can we take what we're getting from the rosary, these great gifts we receive, how can we take that out and witness to the the world? Yeah, and you're right. Your your points are so well said here cuz a lot of people do think, well, I have to be a priest or a nun, you know, to do these things and what impact could I have? I'm just a layperson. Well, hey, look at Blessed Bartolo Longo. You know, he was a layman. He wasn't a bishop, a priest. He wasn't a monk and just a, a, a layman. And he did so many amazing things with the rosary, and he did it in a practical way. So he, he went one time to the town of Pompeii, you know, destroyed by Vesuvius centuries ago. And he um, was so in love with Our Lady and the rosary, he said, I'm going to help restore this city by means of the rosary. And he started orphanages. He started um, charitable works and, and hospitals and all those things that, you know, based upon his love for the rosary and the mysteries, and he would get all those people to pray the rosary in those places. Wow. Well, maybe we can't do that just like that, but we all have a circle of influence. I mean, we all have people we interact with every day that we can be a force for good, a source for good in them, and the things that we say and the things that we don't say being charitable, being loving, being merciful, being patient, all of those things, we are a witness. You know, some people might not pick up the Scriptures to read the Scriptures, but if they read our lives, they're going to see that, and hopefully they're going to want that. And that, I think, again, goes back to the imitation. Let's imitate these sacred mysteries that we pray about. These Remember, these are weapons. They're powerful stuff. They overcome the darkness and falsehood. So let's imitate our Lord and Our Lady and St. Joseph and all the saints and bring that light into a world right now that is definitely filled with darkness. We need a lot of light today. Father Don Calloway is an author of many books, two of which we mentioned right here, but more urgently for us. I wonder, as we draw to a close, could you lead our listeners in a prayer and a blessing? Absolutely. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all the graces and mercies that you bestow upon us, and we pray for the whole world, to come to know and love you, and especially for for loved ones who have fallen away from faith, that they would have a conversion and come back to you. We ask this through the intercession of Our Lady and St. Joseph, the blessing of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Friends, you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. We're going to take a quick break. Stay tuned. Are you enjoying this podcast? Well, if you are, did you know that Covenant Network offers great programming 24 hours a day on 43 stations in five states, plus streaming online? You can find our schedule, your local station, or listen online at www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R catholicradio.org. Visit us today. And now back to this podcast.
There is a countdown going on right now in our Catholic faith, and if you have been paying attention here on Roadmap to Heaven, you know precisely what I'm talking about. It's not the 12 days of Christmas, it's the O Antiphons, as we are in the midst of this Christmas novena, singing O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. But where do the 12 days of Christmas come from? Is it something just made up by those that are singing songs about reindeer and snowmen and other jolly things? Well, no, this is actually another tradition of our faith. And it's what comes next, the 12 days of Christmas following these O antiphons. Here to uh, talk about this with us, we're happy to welcome back Father Jeffrey Kirby, pastor of Our Lady of Grace down in South Carolina. Father, it's good to have you with us today. Thank you, Adam. Good to be on the show. So tell us about these 12 days, because, you know, I know so many of us have thought at one point or another in life that the 12 days are the, that's the countdown. And on, the, you know, my true love's going to just give me better and better gifts as we get closer to Christmas. <laughs> yes. So so the 12 days of Christmas, it, it, it actually is the 12 days of the Christmas season. So oftentimes, you know, liturgically, we can forget that, you know, just as Advent is a season and ordinary time is a season, Christmas is a season. So there's a season of Christmas, and the 12 days mark that season. So from Christmas Day, December 25th, until the Feast of the Epiphany, traditionally celebrated on January 6th. So you have these 12 days. And so this popular song was written in order to recount the 12 days of Christmas. Now, that might shock some initial listeners today because they're like, wait a minute, the the culture came up with this, the popular culture? Yes, there was actually a time in which Western culture actually followed the church's liturgical year. And so you wouldn't have Christmas decorations until later in Advent. And then, of course, the Christmas season would be fully celebrated and the this popular song was a way of recounting, reminding, celebrating the 12 days of Christmas. I'm laughing right now because I think of all of the secular music outlets that stop playing Christmas music at, at midnight on the 26th. And yet here we have the culture at one point in time being a Christian culture giving us these 12 days. Now, again, this is one of those things that we think, all right, well, a partridge in a pear tree, two turtle doves, three French hens four calling birds, five golden rings, all, all of these wow. things. Who, who, Go at them. I, that's, that's where I stop. You know, <laughs> I, I can get to five golden rings. I, somewhere around there, there's geese laying and swans swimming and, and uh, <laughs> ladies dancing and pipers piping and, and all of that. And uh, 12 lords leaping. I know that yes. one. These are not empty symbols like, well, you know, what did they give each other when they wrote this song? Well, they must have given each other five golden rings every year for Christmas. I don't know. Father, can you tell us a little bit about what we're, we're singing in these verses? Yeah, so uh, very beautifully, uh, this popular song. And again, I just want to stress, this was a popular song that came from the culture. So if we imagine that we have Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and Frosty the Snowman, these type of songs today, there was a time, again, which uh, Western culture influenced part of the Christian faith these are the type of songs, you know, the 12 days of Christmas, that's what we would have been singing. So if we just go to some of the aspects of the song. So first, you know, that, that, that very first one, the turtle dove, that, that's actually the Lord Jesus. So the first preeminent gift, the infinitely superior gift to all, all others is uh, that first gift, right? So, uh, and, and that ref references, of course, uh, Jesus Christ. So we talk about, you know, that first gift. And then if we go from there, every other part of the song references some part of our tradition. So for example, the first day is the Lord Jesus. The second day are the, the two Testaments. So the Old Testament, the New Testament. Then we have the three gifts of faith, hope, and love. Those are the theological virtues that we receive at baptism. And then we talk about the fourth gifts. Well, those are the four gospel books. 
And then we, and it keeps goes on and on and on. So every part of the song references an aspect of the catechism, a part of our tradition. And of course, the ones I really love is you go towards the end, the 11 pipers piping. That references the 11 faithful apostles who are dancing and playing and singing and rejoicing in the resurrection of Jesus Christ and all that God has done among us, right? And then the 12th, that references the 12 points of the Apostles' Creed. So it ends by directing the one who's singing back to the Apostles' Creed, back to the teachings of the faith. These are the type of songs we used to sing, Adam. <laughs> I, I, I think I'm going to have to get my song sheet out here, Father, and be ready to go in the 12 days of Christmas. And it's one of those things that when you think about it, it makes sense. Like, wait, hold on. Four calling birds. Well, what do calling birds do? They sing. They proclaim their song. What do the evangelists do? Well, they proclaim the word of God. They proclaim the gospel. So now, okay, this does mm -hmm. uh, start to make perfect sense here. And again, it, you know, last time we spoke, we were talking about the Jesse tree and how we could use the Jesse tree as a tool to teach our children about the lineage of our Lord. You know, again, here's another beautiful thing we can use to teach our children about aspects of the faith by every day. You know, maybe we sing another verse and we talk with the children about, okay, kids, today we're talking about four calling birds. Let's talk about the four evangelists. Yes. Amen. I, I, exactly. And and this is where we can see where popular, good popular culture can actually be a help to us. So we know we evangelize through culture. And so here we can use these means of culture in the Christian home and with our, our neighbors, whatever their faith might be, in order to highlight some of the parts of our faith. So the partridge and the pear tree. I mean, that's this, you know, beautiful. Imagine this pear tree, it's about life and the partridge is there. The partridge is known for its purity and this whiteness and, and, and the singing and, and so on. And, and then to talk about who Jesus Christ is, that he, that he has come to us, right? Our beloved, that, that God the Father has given us this partridge in a pear tree. And then to your point is, you know, you know, the four gospel books and, and, and the calling birds and so on. And and just use this and every day saying, okay, what does this one mean? Now we're on the fourth day of Christmas. Here's the fourth gift. Here's we're on the eighth day of Christmas. What is the eighth gift? And so on. And while it's being sung, it's being memorized. And we all know like we can try to memorize things so the cows come home, but teach us a song or give us a jingle. That's a it's a earworm. We can't get that thing out of our head, you know. So I think that you know here we we have historic popular culture in the West that that can still be very helpful to us. Father, you and I have spoken before about re-Christianizing our celebrations and just bringing back elements of our faith into what we do. Now, I know as we count down the days here in, in these final days of Advent, all of the children in the United States are excited not just for Christmas Mass but also for the presents that they will receive. But I also know that culturally, especially for our um, brothers and sisters over in Europe, Epiphany, and I think in South America too, Epiphany is That's really correct. the big celebration, the Twelfth Night celebration, that the Holy Day is Christmas, but the party day is Epiphany. And that's the culmination of these 12 days. As you said earlier, if we start on Christmas Day, we're going to end on, what, the 12th day, January 6th, the Epiphany. And so this could also be an occasion to say, all right, especially this coming year, 2023, January 6th is a Friday. So if that's not a day for a party, you know, <laughs> going into the weekend. Um, this could be a really great idea for us. Yes, very much so. And you know, I, th I think that, you know, these are opportunities. And I think the Christian family, as we try to re-Christianize, 
you know, so many of our holy days, our sacred seasons, this this is one resource that's given to, to Christian families. Because honestly, I pray a lot for, for the families under my care, for the Christian family in general, because, you know, the odds are against the Christian family. The odds are against Christian culture. And so we have to be even more intentional, more creative. And part of that is, as the Lord tell, tells us, the, the wise, you know, steward draws from the old and the new. So we can draw from historic Western culture, for example, songs like the 12 Days of Christmas, and then use that in order to then remind, you know, especially young Christians, but but the Christian family in general, you know, what the Lord has done, what Christmas is, that Christmas is a season, right, we continue to celebrate. So when children are saying, why are the neighbors throwing out their Christmas trees on December 26th, right, <laughs> and why have all the Christmas music stopped, you know, right after uh, Christmas Day, the 25th? Uh, here we begin to teach and explain why, like, and we begin to see very clearly that there are two Christmases being celebrated. I, I call it the secular Christmas. So they they've taken our word, they've taken our holy day, and they turned it into something else. The secular Christmas is out there, as we joked before the show, Adam. That started around sometime, you know, around Halloween, right? You right. know, and it abruptly ends midnight on the twenty fifth, right? So uh, the Lord Jesus turns into a pumpkin by secular mentality. You know, it's midnight, Christmas is over. Okay, throw it out, it's done. You know, but we Christians, we have to hold on to our holy day. We have a different Christmas, and we have to make sure we mark the full Christmas season. I, I think it's just beautiful that the church, by having this Christmas season, is teaching us that one single chronological day cannot contain the mystery of God becoming a man that we have to just celebrate. So you imagine the church calls us to penance during Lent and Advent and various times of the year. This is one of the times where the church is saying, celebrate, right? Rejoice, like enjoy this, dance, like enjoy, right? Like, you know, and, and I think that we have to let ourselves celebrate this. I, I plan on partying all Christmas season long, and uh, pun intended on this one, I am going to use the grace period of the 12 days of Christmas to not have to rush out and finish all of my Christmas shopping by the 24th. I like to uh, sprinkle some of those presents in for family and friends and loved ones, especially my Catholic family, friends, and loved ones, uh, taking advantage of those full 12 days to spread Christmas cheer. Father, could I ask you one last time before we... Uh, conclude Advent. We're still in Advent here, friends, as much as we've been talking about Christmas. Could I ask you to help us get ready in these final days with prayer? Yes, let's, let us pray. Father, we thank you for the gift of your Son. We ask that you keep our hearts focused on Him as we walk amidst our world, as we as we see secular versions of our holy days. We ask that you keep our focus on you, that we understand that the one true gift is your son and the opportunity of salvation in him. We ask you to bless us. We praise you. We adore you. We magnify you. We give you thanks. We do all of this through Christ our Lord. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Well, Father Kirby, thank you so much for spending a couple weeks with us this Advent to help us get ready for the coming of our Lord. On behalf of all of us here at Covenant Network, we'd like to wish you and your parishioners a very, very Merry Christmas and a prosperous, joy-filled New Year. Thank you, Adam. Merry Christmas. God bless you.
Are you enjoying this episode of Roadmap to Heaven? Are you saying to yourself, I wish I could listen to this again? Well, good news, you can. Just go to your favorite podcast app and search Roadmap to Heaven by Covenant Network to find this episode and more. And for even more great Catholic content, be sure to visit www.ourcatholicradio.org. That's O-U-R-Catholicradio.org and click on the Programs tab for some great shows. And now back to Roadmap to Heaven. If you're like me, you've procrastinated and you're still looking for gift ideas, but fear not. This week on the Daily Dose of Encouragement, Patty Schneier is sharing some gift ideas with us as we get ready for Christmas. Patty, what idea do you have in store today? Well, yesterday I talked about giving a spiritual bouquet, spiritual gifts, masses said, holy hours, rosaries, that type of thing. My go-to very often is I love to give Catholic books. And again, maybe the person on your list is a child. It could be a teenager. It could be an adult or an elderly person that's difficult. You just don't know what to get them. And I always want to give Catholic books. It's kind of like my favorite gift to give. But here's some encouragement if you don't know what are some good Catholic books. For our children's books, my two favorite, The Crippled Lamb is one of my favorite children's books. It's a Christmas story. And my new favorite book is The Unsolvable Problem, published by Vianney Vocations, about you know the little convent in the big city. It's a great children's story. I like to give inspirational books, and I like to support Catholic bookstores. So I have to tell you this, too, for my own kids. Every year, there's one book. I give them my favorite book from the year, and everybody gets it. I'll give it to my sister and my best friend and my kids, and I just give away my favorite book. So last year it was These Beautiful Bones. Everyone, uh, not everyone, but a lot of people got the book These Beautiful Bones. I gave it to my adult children. I'm not going to over the air say what I'm giving to my kids this year because that would give away one of their Christmas presents. So I can't do that. But I am excited about it. And yes, they are going to get a Catholic book because I'm their mom and that's what I give them. So go ahead and be bold and give out Catholic books. It's a fun Christmas present. And every year they know I'm going to get a new Catholic book to read. I love this idea, Patty, because there are always so many books I'm recommending to others that if I could, I would just give them out. So maybe that's what I will do. Thank you for today's Daily Dose of Encouragement. Tomorrow morning on the show, Mike Roberts is going to join us to talk about winter preparedness with the impending cold weather and the three to six inches of snow. It's important to be prepared. What does that mean? Well, you'll have to tune in tomorrow morning. But as I uh, mentioned yesterday to some of my neighbors, one of the things I really appreciate about my neighborhood is that we have several neighbors that check on one another. My next door neighbor checks on us, especially if I'm out of town. They'll keep an eye on Beth and the kids and vice versa. We watch our neighbor's house uh, whenever they go out of town. We have an elderly neighbor who in any time where there's extreme cold, extreme heat, uh, snow. We say, hey, do you need anything? Can we get you anything from the store? It, it's community coming together at its finest. And so I would encourage you, especially as we draw near to this Christmas holiday, it could cause a lot of frustration. Uh, it might not, but it's certainly the time of year where we can look out for one another and have each other's back. So let's pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be world without end. Amen. Our Lady, Queen of Peace, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. 
I guess this also means that, uh, you know, I'm going to have to make sure my Christmas lights are ready to go because I love the way they look in the snow. That's absolutely certain. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. Thank you for tuning in to Roadmap to Heaven this morning. We hope you have a blessed day, a peaceful day, and a great fourth week of Advent as we wrap up the Advent season here. Until tomorrow morning, thanks for listening. And as the Blessed Mother exhorts us all to do, pray your rosary today.